We're so glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message from Bethel Worship Center. Uh, we pray that it blesses you wherever you are in your faith journey. Uh, we do want to let you know that we are open. Our campus is open. Uh, we invite you to go to bwccamden.com. Uh, you can find out everything that we're offering right now at this time and in this season. So make sure to, to, to go there and find the ways that you can stay up to date with everything happening at Bethel Worship Center. But again, uh, wherever you are in your faith journey, whether you are uh, exploring more about faith, learning who Jesus is, learning about God, uh, you're new in your walk with Jesus Christ, or you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, we pray that today's message blesses you, it encourages you, it equips you. So God bless you. Thank you again for taking part. Amen, amen. It is so good to see all of you here today. Uh, you can turn in your Bibles to the book of Second Samuel chapter 23. Uh, we're going to read a couple of scriptures there to uh, launch us here this morning. Um, I have a lot of things that uh, I want to say, and, and uh, I'm sure Judy as well, uh, in regards to uh, this being our uh, last time together uh, as, uh, as lead pastors here at this church. But uh, we will save that for uh, July the 18th, 6 o'clock. All of you, if you're not on vacation somewhere, uh, I would love to see all of you here that Sunday evening as we have a time of just sharing and, and giving thanks to God for uh, this uh, time that we have had to be together. But the reason why we are here today is to worship God and to hear from His Word today. So we want to hear His truth from His, uh, from His Word today. And we'll begin uh, in verse, uh, uh, verse 13 through verse 15 of chapter uh, 23. And scripture says this, it says, Once during the harvest, when David was at the cave of Adullam, the Philistine army was camped around the valley of Reprium. The three who were among the thirty and an elite group of David's fighting men went down to meet him there. And David was staying in a stronghold at the time, and the, and the Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. And David remarked, longing to, longing to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. As we continue this series on uh, this dream of finishing well with our life uh, and finishing well in all that God has called us to do, finish uh, reminding us that we can, uh, that God can place dreams within our lives and He can help us to dream again when things didn't happen like we thought they would. And He can let us, He can help us to dream anew in our life. When things have uh, gotten to a place where they should not be, He is the God who is able to make all things new. So we trust in Him for that. And, and so uh, as we go into the scripture today and I finish this series, uh, this, this thought of finish well. It's something that has guided me. I, I hope I've said it so many times in here uh, at, through these years that has planted a seed in your life as well that uh, for whatever time we have left on this earth, we want to do everything we can to finish well. We want to run the race with, as we preached last week, with perseverance and persistence. If you remember last week, it wasn't always just being the most talented and most gifted. The ones who made it to the finish line were the ones who were persistent and pushed through and kept going forward. And, uh, and, and this, this thought speaks to me because in the Bible we see a lot of folks who had some great beginnings and some bad endings. Uh, you know, even David that we read about, uh, he was a man called, he was called the man after God's own heart. 
yet he found himself in a place where he wound up in adultery, and he thought he thought murder would fix that as well. And uh, and so he, you know, that was a that was not a good situation. You look at Solomon, who was given the greatest wisdom that any person could ever have, but he was so self-absorbed and so focused on self that he would ultimately look at all of the riches and all of the things that he had, and he would say, it's vanity. It is nothing. Everything that I have toiled under under the sun here. So we don't want to have that testimony. We want to have uh, that love at last sight. We want to have that, uh, we want to have that uh, uh, focus on uh, finishing well. And to do that, uh, we have to, number one, do what Hebrews 12 tells us, we quote it a lot, we have to keep our focus on Jesus, a fixed first focus of our life. We want to keep our eyes upon Jesus and and we want to keep our focus on him, but we also want to divert our focus from the things that are destructive, from the things that are going to steal, kill, and destroy in our lives. We, uh, 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 Hebrews 12, 1 tells us that we want to watch out for that sin, it says it so easily entangles, all right? Sin so easily entangles in our life. And I don't know about you, I've never seen anyone run really well when they had ropes and things tied all around their legs, all right? Usually you just go straight down. So that's what sin wants to do in our lives. Don't let it happen. Continue to keep your focus upon Jesus and what he wants to do in your life. Uh, Finishing well means that we learn from the past. Notice I didn't say we live in the past, all right. If you if somebody keeps reminding of your past and you are in Christ Jesus, that past is gone. Okay. All right. We don't live in the past. We let go and let God begin to direct everything uh, in our lives. So we want to learn from the past. And, and when it comes to learning, I want to make this statement here, uh, and it's something that you need to be reminded of uh, as well. I see a lot of TikTok theology out there. Please don't get your theology from TikTok. Okay. Get it from the Word of God, okay? I know it may look young and hip, but you want to find the old guys that know Greek and Hebrew and been crafting it for a long time. Let's, let's go to those boring dudes, okay, and learn, <laughs> learn from that. That's just a little side note. All right, that one was free. Uh, uh, but we don't want to live in the past. And we know that God can do all things. Uh, he can make all things work together for the good of those who serve him, right? Uh, he can make the good, the bad, you know. Uh, he can take all of that and make it good for his glory. So we can't allow the bad things. We can't allow the, those things in the past to keep us from going forward in what God has called us to do. And here's something that can happen with believers as well. We can allow the good things that God has done in the past to also keep us from going forward. God moved in a certain way in a certain point in time, and God's still moving in the new thing, but we love so much what we had over here that we're not looking forward to what God is doing now. So we don't want to be that either. We want to just day by day, step by step, following the leading of Jesus Christ because we know that God is doing a new thing uh, as he did in the past. He's doing a new thing now, and we want to move in the where, in the places, and what he wants us to do and be a part of of in our life. Uh, as we all uh, have that, uh, you know, we, we all have a history, right? We all have a past. We all have things that we have come through. And God can use those things to be transformative in our life and help us to be an instrument of transformation, a catalyst of transformation for others as well. There are places in the world uh, in, that, uh, that, that have history as well. I don't know how many of you have ever spent any time in Washington, D.C., uh, but, uh, but we spent three years there 
with the Salvation Army, both at Christmas time and during the summer, and we got to go to all the different things. I can't tell you uh, to this day how I am mortified I am to see what took place uh, at the Capitol, that insurrection that happened there. It just absolutely broke my heart to see those kind of things taking place because of the beauty of those areas. But did you know that this place had a history long before the United States of America? In, the, in 400 years ago, envisioned 400 years ago, there in D, where D.C. exists today, there was the Allegonquian Empire. I couldn't pronounce it. That was my best shot. Okay. And they met where Capitol Hill currently exists now. 400 years ago, this was a meeting place for those tribes. Uh, they had come from um, uh, Canada uh, in that area and, and migrated there, and they were meeting there. And, uh, and, and just, just a little side note, something I'd never thought of. Uh, you know, all of us in here, we know about the Trail of Tears and what took place. I did not know this, but I actually saw the vote that took place, and there were four votes that kept that from that could have kept that four votes that caused that what from Andrew Jackson to take place that that horrible uh, you know terrible thing that took place uh, in the Trail of Tears could not have happened if four people would have had a different conviction in their life. That's chilling to think about the choices that we make that do have impact in the world. All right, that was once again another side note. I'm, I got all kind of free ones today. Okay. But that just, uh, it just it, it, that stirred in me when I saw that. In 1633, it was a farm open, owned by a man named Francis Pope. And guess what he called it? Rome. All right. Y'all didn't get that. All right. All right. He did. He called it Rome. He believed a, uh, he called it Rome. His name was Francis Pope. He believed it would be, a, he believed that there would be a parliament, a parliament type building would one day uh, be on that property. And, uh, and so now it is, uh, you know, now we know that that area is, is the center of power and it's also the center of incredible debt that to my children, I'm sorry, you're going to have to pay for it one day. All right. Uh, in this passage, we see David uh, talking about a place that was very important to him in the cave of Adullam. Uh, it, this, this place has significance. Have you ever had places in your life that have significance? You, you, ever, you ever go by and look at your old house and, or look at somewhere we used to live and see what that is? You know, that it, it, sometimes it brings some nostalgia and stirring uh, that takes place in you. Uh, well, you know, these, this is the kind of thought about places having importance in their life. And the cave of Dulem has significant uh, importance to the life of David. And this passage of scripture that we read, if you read the whole thing, is actually a, is telling the story of David from his, you know from all of the things that he did ultimately to his death. And it was there in that cave that he was in. This was not a good cave to be in. All right, he was in there because he was running and hiding from King Saul. What was King Saul wanting to do? He was wanting to kill him. He was wanting to end his life because he had been anointed uh, as the king. And so Saul's trying to kill him. And, and this cave of Dullam was some of the darkest places in his life. And that's why, you know, he began to think, what did he say there? I wish I had some of that good water. All right. That they have at Bethlehem. Uh, I wish they had some of that, you know. Uh, you know, we all have our uh, things that we, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I know I shouldn't say this. Uh, but uh, Diet Mountain Dew, mm, that's some good stuff. <laughs> That's good stuff. I like other things, but that, you know, you know what I'm saying. I know I, I get ex- something stirs up when I know I'm about to have one of those, uh, and so, so that's what David is feeling uh, here in this moment. And so, 
Uh, now, for him, like I said, he didn't necessarily want to be here. But sometimes we're in places where we don't want to be because God wants to do something in us that will mold us and shape us and reflect, uh, make us a reflection of him. So for him, it was a time of waiting. And in that waiting, God was molding him and shaping him uh, to be who he was called to be. Now, last week I mentioned Mark Batterson in the National Community Church. And I may have shared this story before because it's such an amazing story of his church and what he's done. And, and one of the things that they have is they have, uh, it's up there in D.C., in, uh, impacting that community, impacting uh, the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But uh, they, they had started a coffee ministry that was somewhere near where their church was. And, uh, and they used the funds from that money to help pay for missions. And it's a great thing. And you see that. When we see that from the outside, they say, oh, that's just so awesome that you did that. And we think it was just so easy for it to come about. But you, uh, then you read his testimony, and it took five years uh, to pray for a piece of property. There was like a, a crack house that was right there around where they were. And they prayed that they they would be able to buy that piece of property. They've spent, can you only imagine the zoning things that take place in D.C.? <laughs> spent five to seven years doing that. So you see this thing, but you don't know that behind the scenes there was all this travail and work that was taking place uh, for, this, uh, for this dream to come true. And uh, when I think about his church, I've never forgot the testimony that Batterson shares about how uh, years ago there was a pastor named R.W. Schambach. All right, that's a great last name, right? For a preacher to have. He was preaching a, 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 a series there in Washington, D.C. Apparently, he went by this particular movie theater and said, I pray that God will build a church where this theater is right now. So sure enough, it became a church. There was a group that came in. They, they planted the church. They were called the People's Church. And they planted this church. And for 49 years, they faithfully served in that community, impacting people with the love of Jesus Christ. But they, the church had begun to you know, uh, wane down, and, and uh, it was really struggling. And Mark Batterson, God brought them and their team in there, and they came in, and they got the property from them. And so uh, and they started National Community Church, and the story is, is that they had that first service. There were so many people that came to the first service that they had to open the doors out into the mall area because there were so many people. And the pastor who had been so faithfully there for the people's church, uh, he, he was just, uh, he was crying. And, and Mark asked him, Pastor Mark asked him, you know, what are you crying about? He said, I had had a vision for years of young people worshiping and, and for worship to spread out into this whole area. And he says, I thought that vision was for me, but I realize now that vision was for you. And Mark Batterson told him something that we should all remember this in our life. He said, Pastor, I want you to know we are reaping seed. We are reaping fruit that we did not sow. We are reaping from what you have sown. So all of us in here today. Anything we do for Jesus Christ, whether we people realize it or not, or whatever it may be, it is being done to impact this world for Jesus Christ. And you never know the subplot that you may play in someone else's life just in a moment and in a season that ultimately projects them to the places where God wants them to be. That's why we want to daily live faithful. We want to run the race faithfully, and we want to finish well. Now, the cave of Adullam was a place of thirst, as we see, for David, you know. And in that place, he would sing songs like, As the deer panted for the water. Y'all remember that? So my soul longeth after thee. Okay. 
Uh, we, he, he would sing those kind of songs, and it became a hiding place for him. Uh, it became actually a proving ground for him and his character. If you know the story, uh, I'm not going to go into incredible details, but Saul's trying to kill him. He's running around chasing him. They're hiding in the cave, and Saul actually comes into the cave where David is. He, the, he has to relieve himself. Uh, that's the nicest way I can say it. And, uh, and so he is, he is there. He is in a very vulnerable position. So David and all of his mighty men that are there, they are probably thinking God has orchestrated victory for us. They have put David in a place where we can, I mean, put uh, uh, Saul in a place where we can kill right here. And we, you know, David can take his rightful point of king. But he, David knew the scripture of the word to not touch the Holy One and all that. And so he, instead of, uh, you know, uh, killing him, and you can, you know, I just visualize it. All these guys going, go, 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 you know. And he, uh, he you know, he just took a quarter of the robe. Off and he let Saul know, and Saul saw in him that he was a man of integrity, that he had an opportunity to do things in his own power, but he chose rather to trust God's power. And that's the same for us in our life. We don't want to trust in the shortcuts of this world and this life. We want to trust in the truth of the Word of God. And we want to live that out with holiness and righteousness, and with a, uh, as we shared last week, a, a desire and a quest to be like Jesus. Three steps forward, two steps backwards, it may, give, it may be in the journey, but we are on our way to becoming more like Jesus Christ. And so uh, we, we, we see that he ultimately enters into his legacy uh, and his king. And, and you know, uh, David here, you know, he had, a, he had a victory of bravery against Goliath. Here he had a victory of integrity. For all of us in our lives, may God help us to live with both today. May we live strong and courageous in the Lord, but living the truth of the Word of God with integrity. Integrity uh, in my generation has been defined by a quote by a man uh, named Bill Hybels. And he said, you know, uh, integrity is who you are when no one is watching. That's an awesome quote. And sadly, Bill Hybels did not follow through with that. He allowed the temptations of this world... He allowed the things of this world and found himself entangled, even though he knew it doesn't take away from the truth. But the reality is, integrity is who we are when no one is watching. So we want to make sure that we are always aware that God is always watching. All right, and he and and I, you know, I grew up thinking he was watching me to zap me with the lightning bolt, but that's not what he was watching me for. Okay, he was watching to bless me, to guide me, to direct me, to turn me, to move me to where I needed to be. And he, as as our Father, he's leading us and guiding us in those ways uh, in our lives. So we want to walk with victory, and we want we want to and, and bravery. We want to also run the race that God has for us with conviction and with integrity. Integrity. All of us in here have a story. All of us in here, uh, if you have a testimony, that if you were able to you know, stand up and share during testimony time about something God's done, that means you went through something bad. All right? That, you know, most of the time, that's what we share, how God brought us through. Now, we can testify to the goodness of God as well. We want to do that uh, as well. And so we, uh, we, we see this, uh, you know, when we face this trial, and, and God will use, uh, he will bring us through those things in our lives. And this is a great revelation for us as believers, not just to change and transform us, 
but to be able to, for us to be a help to someone else who is. That's why we need the body of Christ. There are folks in here who are going through things in their life, and there are other brothers and sisters who have already gone on the other side of that who can encourage and say, don't give up, don't give out, don't give in. God will help you get to the other part of this, and you will be more like him in the process. Amen? Everybody still with me? All right. I can't, all right. The glass is freaking y'all out. I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, we want to choose uh, to live in hope, even when we are at times of waiting. Waiting stinks. There's no other way to say it. But we want to choose to live in hope and use it as a time to grow and trust God uh, for open doors in our life so that we can be fruitful where we are now. Now, David's legacy, uh, ultimate legacy, I think, to us is uh, not as a warrior, but as a singer-songwriter. And in that cave, he wrote some songs uh, there. And, uh, and I, if, we, if you would indulge me, let's look at the screen here. We want to do, as we do often, go on a journey through Scripture. So we're going to be going uh, uh, beginning in Psalm 34, and, and we'll end up in Psalm 124. But these are some of the songs that he sang while he was in this place. He says of, tra- uh, of uh, being running around, having Saul trying to kill him. He says, I will praise the Lord when times are good. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak His praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt His name together. This sounds like a song, doesn't it? I prayed to the Lord and He answered me and He freed me from all my fears. Holy Spirit, move as we read your word. Those who look to Him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard and he surrounds and defends all who fears him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He's got milk and honey for you. Come inside to the master's table. Okay. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who find their refuge in him. Let's continue. We'll read some more scripture. Holy Spirit, move. Allow, open your door right now as we read the word of God and let the Holy Spirit speak into your life. Does anyone want to live a, a, a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. These are things he's saying while he's writing while he's in this uh, place of Adullam. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. It takes work for there to be peace, right? That's why as a family and as a body of Christ, whatever it may be, we do the work that it takes. We die to self, whatever it is, because we want to have the peace of God with us always. He said, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. That's for somebody here today. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil and he will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. In the verse 19 said, the righteous person may face many troubles. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Holy Spirit, move again as we, as we read what Psalm 124. Lord, let this seed plant in the, our hearts and our lives. 
Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide. And, And once again, don't forget, this isn't a cave. This isn't a bad spot where he's saying these things. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings till the danger passes by. I cry out to the God most high, to God who fulfills his promise for me. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. Interlude, that means guitar solo, all right? Um, My God will send forth his unfailing love and faithfulness. I am surrounded by fierce lion who greedily devour, devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like sword, spears and swords and whose tongues cut like swords. But be exalted, O my God, above the heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. My enemies set a trap for me. I am weary from distress. They have dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen into it. Guitar solo. My heart, that's not really what it means, but it sounds good. My heart is confident in you. Let's go back. I'm sorry to verse seven. My heart is confident. You heard all that. That was a lot of trouble he's talking about, right? His response is, my heart is confident in you, God. My heart is confident. No wonder I sing the blues. That's not what it says. No wonder I can sing songs of praises. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will awake to the dawn with my song. There is something about worshiping the Lord, okay? We don't want to just do it when we're gathered here. But if if you're going through a time, sing, sing to Him. Wake up with that song. I will thank you, Lord, among the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. For your unfailing love is as high as the heavens and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Thank you, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. May your glory shine all over the earth. And I think we may have a few verses in Psalm 124 uh, here, verses 1 through 7. It says, What if the Lord had not been on our side? Let Israel repeat. What if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? What if they would have swallowed us up alive in their burning anger? The waters would have engulfed us and a torrent could have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters of the fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. Praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart. We escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are free! Exclamation point. Every one of those verses, we see the dynamic that we experience so many times. There was trouble. David's response was praise, and God was with him in every one of those moments and times. So if we want to finish well in our life and and in whatever God has called us to do and what he's called us to be, we want to continue that when trouble comes and difficulty comes, we put our faith and trust in the Lord because he is our rescuer. He is our deliverer. He is our peace that passes all understanding. He is the hope that does not disappoint. And he is ultimately for all of us eternal life when we see him face to face. Amen. Y'all say women. Uh, you know, a lot of times I, I, I try to always share the positive about things and in, uh, in life, but sometimes things aren't always positive. And I, I, I reflected on a time in 2016, uh, when I shared with the church at the beginning of the year, 
I had some very big plans about what uh, I thought God wanted to do here in regards to our campus, and we had gotten with a consulting person, and we had had these little plans drawn up and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and we, you know, it was big plans that we had. And I shared, you know, some of those things that were going to take place. And then uh, all of a sudden, the, uh, the, the, ins- the uh, inspections from the city, or the regulations from the city, as well as the projections of the cost. I mean, we met with council. We had all kind of th- things about this kind of stuff. This was the way we were going to go. And it wound up, you know, I-, I had to come to a place where I said, Lord, you didn't put us in ministry to get millions of dollars of debt. For this church, because my vision was this: I wanted to do something in that 2016 time. We, as a team, wanted to do something, and I use this phrase often: we want to do something now that this church is over 90 years old. Now we want to do something now that, at 100 years from now, the believers who are in this house worshiping will say, "I thank God for what they did during that time." So instead of being able to do what I thought we were going to do, wanted to, uh, to do, we began to renovate every facility that we have done on this campus. And now every week there is something happening, not just on Sunday morning, uh, but with, you know, not just with Bethel Cares on a daily basis around here, but the gymnasium and all the different things that takes place, the hub and all the, uh, uh, all the different ministries that take place in there. Uh, the, uh, this sanctuary and the renovation that we did in here, all of these things took place. And, and, uh, and, and so as I look back on it, you know, I, I, at the time when I had to come back and say, hey, we're going to do something different than I said before. Uh, and we're actually going to ask all of y'all to go back in the gym and we'll get cramping there for a little bit. Uh, but uh, we've done it before in this house and we, and it was, and uh, you know, I enjoyed that time over there and I enjoyed the time coming back. It's not about where you are. It's about who's in us, who's with us. Right. And that is God. So, so this, you know, as I look back on it, I thank God for the unanswered prayer that I talked about last week and that he gave us the right prayer to go forward. But it was in the waiting, in the waiting, in that moment in time that revelation came. So we want to be able to wait upon the Lord and trust in him. And if we find ourselves in an adulam type moment, we find ourselves in a place where it seems like we are in exile, please know you are never separated from the Lord. Okay. God is always with you. Uh, David said that he wanted to have that water from Bethlehem, that good water, right? I want that good water. Years later, Jesus would be walking. And he would, in John 13 and 14, he would tell a woman at the well who was a sinner, just as we all come to Jesus, who had had a life that was in turmoil and, and, and uh, you know, just, uh, uh, I, I can't imagine what her existence was like. But he said to her in, in John uh, chapter 13 and 14, he said, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. It doesn't matter how good the water is here on this earth. We're going to be thirsty again, right? Uh, he says, Jesus replied, he said, but to those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. Jesus fulfills all of our needs, all that we are. He says it becomes a fresh, and look at this, it's not just a one-time drink, Right? All right, and we don't have to go to the well anymore. David was wanting to go to the well to get a taste of that good water. That good water is right here with us in the presence of Jesus Christ. And it says it becomes a fresh bubbling, all right, bubbling spring that you have to go and visit 
That's not what it says, is it? Are y'all still awake? Okay. It is not a bubbling spring that you have to go and visit. It's a bubbling spring within us. And with bubbling within us, we have eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We want to finish well in our life. So I have a question for you. It's the same question that I asked in October of 1992. When Judy and I came here, and I guess the words of tryout, we tried out. Uh, I had one good sermon, so I used it uh, that day. And it worked, apparently. All right? Uh, and uh, I used it that day. And, and actually, the, the message I preached that day, I still remember it because uh, I did this one a lot. When I was, but it was the thought of what is holding you back. Now, I don't know how many of you were there at that moment in time, but I told this story, a very embarrassing story about me in high school going to see the, uh, the girlfriend's family for the first time. Anybody remember doing that kind of stuff? And they were having a cookout with all the cousins and families and this, that, and the other. And I had a, a, this old raggedy Mustang that I was driving in, and I pulled up in it and came out. And, you know, uh, you know I, I know you all think I'm kind of dorky now, but in 86, I was as cool as it could be, all right? <laughs> I mean, I was, I was hip-hop rock cool. You know, I, I had it all covered, all 115 pounds of me. Uh, and I got out of that car, and, uh, and you know, I, I'm not telling you a, truth, uh, a lie because Pastor Don famously, when he saw me for the first time, he said, that's him? Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I got out of a big 83 uh, Oldsmobile that time. Anyway, so we get out there, and I'm trying to impress Dad and everybody else with my knowledge of politics and sports. You know, 16, you know everything. And so I'm doing all that, and it comes time to leave. I get in my Mustang, and I'm as cool as I can be, crank it up. It's got a little room to it. I give the little wave back there, and all of a sudden, the car doesn't go. It's not moving. So I hit it even more. And now I'm starting to dig up this man's grass. And not only that, Jim Bob and all the other cousins, they all come flying out there, and they're pushing my car. And all of a sudden, the, the dad came over there, and he just reached, and I'm like, I don't know what it is. And he reached in. I had my emergency brake on. And he flipped that emergency brake, and I didn't wave like this going out that time. I was very embarrassed. The the question I asked in 1992 is the same question I ask to us now. What are we waiting for? What's holding us back? All right? Is it sin? Is it anger? Is it uh, rebellion? Is it, uh, you know, your, whatever, whatever it could be at this moment in time that's keeping you from going forward in what God wants you to do? I want you to know there is living water that is here. And it is Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And you don't have to, you don't have to be sitting around with your wheels just spinning, not going anywhere. But you can give your life to Jesus Christ and you can go forward into everything that He created you and designed for for you to be, and you can impact this world with the love of Jesus Christ in a very powerful way. And so I want you to know today, as, as this church continues to go forward, as we all as individuals continue to go forward, we go forth in victory because victory has been given to us through the resurrection and the hope of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord.
If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccamden.com, go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to request prayer or send us anything that you would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.